Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Smith, and welcome to Stroller Coaster, the podcast that takes you on this wild ride of parenting that we're all on together, created by Munchkin. No wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. Over here at Stroller Coaster headquarters, we wait all year long for today's episode. I'm always very excited about this because we get to hear from you. It is the Stroller Mail episode where you, the listener, can share your stories. You can open up. We're going to read your letters from the mailbag. And we know as parents, we are always looking for answers. So we want to provide them for you. We are also going to hear from a special guest, Jasmine Roth. She's an author, home designer, HGTV superstar, along with being a new mom. And then later in the show, a bunch of you out there are going to take home a prize. So do not go anywhere. Have a seat. Buckle up. Let's get started. All right, Justin, I know that you you sort of chuckle because I get excited about Stroller Mail because it's when we get to hear from the listeners. It's so much fun. Yes, your voice is glowing right now. You love a stroller mail, Lynn. <laughs> it is fun. I have a few little treats and surprises for everyone. And I love that listeners at home can't wait to see whether or not they're featured on the show. So stick around for the whole episode. Let's get right to our first stroller mail. This one is from Ashley R. And she writes, this might be a little heady for you at Stroller Coaster. I hope over this last year you've heard nothing's too heady for us. We like deep. Um, she writes, but my... My daughter is obsessed with being good. Whenever we're doing something as a family or even just going out, playing on the playground, she'll stop and ask me if what she's doing is good. Obviously, I want her to learn right from wrong, but I'm worried she's not giving herself the freedom to just be a kid. Should I tell her it's okay Mm. to be bad sometimes? How can I help her worry less? (laughs) That's such a funny... It's a hard one. Go, It is, and it is like heady in a good way where it is like sort of a larger idea, like when a kid wants to be good but is a little obsessed with it. I think something that I've learned throughout this season from our experts is that we need to model imperfection. I think Ginger Z said that in our resiliency episode. And also some of our experts talked about, you know, it's not good or bad. It is your best. When you are trying your best, that is good. And maybe redefining good and bad so that they don't look at it as one way or the other. I think that's that's spot on. And at least for me, I'm always a little bit like, oh, we can be a little bit late. Or it's okay if we, you know, get our shoes a little bit muddy. Like, being able to sort of model that behavior of being in the moment a little bit and not having to be so in our own heads when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, playing and being able to be free to run around the playground without following all the rules to the letter. And you brought this up in the money episode, when how to talk to your kids about money, that you sort of struggled with the back and forth about not wanting your kids to worry about it when we as parents worry about it. And it's yeah. that thing that Ashley's talking about is how do we help our children to worry less in general, whether it's about money or school or behavior. And, you know, I don't know that I have the answer, but what I heard from a lot of our experts this season is that it's it's giving them the language to understand what mm. they're feeling and giving them the, the room to um, have that feeling. 
Next, we have a letter from Wendy. She writes, my kids have taken over the house. It started with their nursery (laughs) and they've slowly expanded to every room. Now there are toy cars everywhere. I found a dinosaur in the refrigerator. So how could I do a better job of managing my kids' play space? Justin, we all go through this, right? I mean, it's really important that we have a living space that is cohesive for our parenting, right? right? I mean, this affects our stress level, our mood. It it affects everyone if it's feels so overwhelmingly cluttered. That's so true, Lynn. I am trying to avoid glitter uh, in my home (laughs) from here on out. We don't have the glitter problem. We have the slime problem. While we're talking about making our homes work better, it just so happens we have an interview with an expert on this subject, Jasmine Roth. She is an innovator when it comes to creative home design, an HGTV superstar, and she has a new book, called House Story, Insider Secrets to the Perfect Home Renovation. Plus, she's a new mom. Well, new-ish. Jasmine, you're almost two years in, and one of your greatest accomplishments is that you keep your house so incredibly beautiful. In this book, you have a two-year-old. How in the world do you do this? Okay, wait. First of all, that is not how my house always looks. Let's just be clear about one thing. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) <laughs> I wish it looked like that all the time. It'd be amazing. Um, oh. A book is sort of like TV. You put your best mm-hmm. foot forward. But um, I am very blessed to have a home that I am able to keep somewhat clean and somewhat put together. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, I do say that I'm a new mom still. My daughter is 20 months old, but it still feels really new to me. <laughs> I feel like every stage feels new, right? You always feel like a new mom because you're always starting with new challenges. Kids, as we know, are noisy. I've got two boys of my own. We were just joking last night that the neighbors are going to ask us to move because they can constantly hear them <laughs> screaming. So what are some like quick tips we can do to soundproof our home? Sound is one of those things that bounces off the walls, it bounces off the floors, it bounces off the ceilings. And so I help my clients all the time kind of dampen that sound. So there's three things that I recommend. The first is think about your floors, right? Your floors are probably the coldest texture, I guess, the coldest texture in your house, meaning that the sound is probably bouncing off your floors more than anything else in your home. So if you can lay down some rugs, that's right, I said rugs, not just one rug, you can use multiple rugs, um, layer them on top of each other. And And that is a great way to really start the sound dampening process. Uh, But my other two tips, people might not think of as much. So the second one is your walls. And so uh, a lot of times, you know, we hang things on the walls that have a little bit more of a texture to them. They have a little bit more warmth to them. While family photos framed in glass frames are great. If you have a really echoey sound, we recommend maybe like a woven um, wall hanging or something that's a little bit warmer that can really deaden the sound. But literally hanging anything on your walls is going to be better than just having blank walls that the sound can bounce off of. And the last thing is window treatments. And a lot of people don't think about this either. But you know, if we are able to add layers into our rooms, and that's something that as designers, we do a lot. Okay, it's not just a couch. Now we're going to add pillows. Now we're going to add a throw blanket. All of these different layers are ways to dampen the sound. And an easy layer to add is window treatments. 
And really affordable. We're not talking about like soundproofing rooms and putting in no. foam and walls and things like that. And I love one of your hit shows on HGTV is Help I Wrecked My House, which I feel like <laughs> as parents, as I mentioned in the beginning, it's kind of the way we live. It feels like Help My Kids Wrecked My House. And you talk, <laughs> right? Doesn't it feel like that pretty much it every does. morning for me when I wake <laughs> up? And you talk a lot about different strategies that parents can use to keep some of the clutter at bay. Like, even toys that we're tripping over. Yes, absolutely. This is something I help my clients with regularly. Like every single family has some sort of storage need. And that's the thing that is most important to realize, I think, is that your storage needs are going to be unique to you. One of the things that I do most often and that I remind my clients about are giant baskets. And what I mean by that are baskets that are probably the size of, you know, at least it's 18 inches across or larger. What I see my clients do and, you know, they're just trying to they're just trying to corral all of the toys or all of the blankets or all whatever it is, the books, the pillows, whatever. Um, they go to the store and they pick up baskets that are too small. And so then <laughs> the minute they get back, yeah, maybe the basket holds like two books or maybe it holds like, you know, three small toys, but it starts to feel cluttery and it doesn't actually accomplish what they're trying to do. So I recommend large baskets um, that you can put, you know, 10, 15 toys in um, or, you know, three pillows and two blankets in. I recommend putting them in a pile in the middle of the room on the floor and then you go, you, you kind of see how much you have to contain. You go to the store And if you can't find one big basket that holds that entire pile, get two medium-sized baskets. And then you come back and you can literally put those toys into those baskets and put them off to the side. And it's amazing the difference it can make when you have these items contained in these like larger baskets. You think of these like things that people wouldn't think of. You know, you put two sinks in your kitchen just so that two people could be washing dishes at the same time, like to get things done. What are some of the other ideas, like unexpected things in your home that really has, as you say, hidden potential? I mean, as far as hidden spaces go, here's what it comes down to. I encourage my clients, you know, when they're thinking about their houses to not feel beholden to any certain design parameters in the sense of, oh, well, I'm an adult now and I need to, you know, put a closet system in this closet because that's what adults do. I like to encourage them to think about how they live and to think about, you know, what might work for their family. Would it would it work for them to have, um, you know, a secret pantry in their kitchen or would it work for them to turn their island into a fort for their kids? Um, because I did that last season on Help I Wrecked My House, and it was a huge hit. And, you know, in the future, yeah, it'll be storage. But for right now, their kids can play in the kitchen while they're getting ready. They have this really cute fort in the island. Um, And it looks, you know, just like a regular kitchen, if you didn't know. And that's the beauty of, like, a hidden secret space. It adds that little bit of, like, whimsy um, that I think a lot of us as adults are missing in our design. And that's why I love the title of the book, House Story. It's like your, your your house is telling a story of who you are, what makes sense to you, what your family likes to do, and all of those special touches are so simple when you do have that permission to get a little creative. Jasmine Roth, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Now, it was so great talking to Jasmine. Check out her new book, House Story, Insider Secrets to the Perfect Home Renovation. But in the meantime, let's get back to some more stroller mail. 
This next one from Monique D. She writes, every morning when we wake up, our bed is full of kids. You know, sometimes it's cute and cuddly, but at some point they gotta stay in their bunk beds, right? Is there an easy way to make the transition to everyone sleeping in their own beds? How guilty of this are you, Justin? Deeply <laughs> guilty. We have a a full bed um, almost every morning, and it is cute. What about you, Lynn? I initially, in the beginning of motherhood, was told, do not let them start sleeping in the bed because it will become something that happens every single night. So I stuck to it, and then all of a sudden I realized how short and how quick these years went. And so we just about a you year opened ago- opened the door. Opened the door, and we've not gone back. And now, like clockwork, my three-year-old wakes up at around five o'clock, and then his first words are, can I come sleep with you? And it's, yep, come on. Yeah. And then the big one gets in there at about 5.45, and then we all wake up together. And the way that I look at it is, this isn't forever, and I'm going to really right. miss the these days when they're teenagers and I'm just going to soak it in and realize that in five years, maybe even sooner, they're going to never want to sleep in our bed. So I'm going to soak it in. I'm there a lot of the time um, and I can sleep on like uh, the edge of a pin basically because these (laughs) children, these girls, including my wife, take up a lot of space. They sleep like full uh, arms out cartwheel formation. Um, So I'm definitely getting the short end of the stick when it comes to um, bed real estate. Okay, well, that's definitely not happening in our household. My husband is 6'4", and he takes up pretty much most of the bed anyway. So with my other two boys, I'm pretty much just at the end of the bed sort of sleeping horizontally. And then I remember, (laughs) you know, if this is the worst it's going to get, then I'll take it. This next one's from Lady B. She writes, I love your pets episode. Lady B, Mm. thank you so much. Um, We have a golden retriever named Buster that our son loves, but we know he's not going to be around forever. So we want to get a puppy, which will be great for our son, but we're worried about how it's going to affect Buster. Do you Mm. guys do advice about pets as well? Well, I am going to send this to the pet expert of Stroller Coaster, and that would be Justin Tyler. Wow, what an official (laughs) title. Great to throw on the resume. Um, This is a great question because you're seeing the family pet, or in this case, pets through your your child's eyes, and I think that's really smart. Mm -hmm. Um, My my wife's sister, um, my sister-in-law, they had a very old dog uh, named Wilbur, and um, he once he's a pug, so they don't live super long and when he was turning like 15 16 17 they were starting to get worried about for the same reason and they got a a younger dog um not to replace him by any means but to just be around and it actually made wilbur younger it made him act younger and sort of extended his life i think in a great way so i think i i think it's fine to get a second dog i've also heard golden retrievers which um you know, they're just known to be really highly intelligent dogs. Right. And I wonder, and and Justin, I would imagine, I don't have a dog, we're going to be hopefully getting one soon, but um, I would imagine it's kind of similar to when you're bringing a new baby home and you've got to set the expectations of the family changing and letting them get to know the child. So maybe it's, you know, taking the blanket from the puppy and leaving it in Buster's, you know, bed or, you know, getting getting some of the connections done early on so that they can bond because it's going to be like Justin said, it's a buddy. It's going to be someone that keeps him on his toes and keeps him young. And it takes me back to our pet episode um, where our our expert, uh, Mark, 
talked a lot about like really making uh, making that strong choice if you're going to add a member of your family in the form of a pet mm. to really know what you're getting into and, and commit to it. And it sounds like um, Lady B is, is doing the right thing here by sort of really thinking critically about it and is getting ready to make the choice to uh, give a Buster a little Buster Jr. Mm, can't wait to hear what his name is. Lady B, thanks for writing in. This one is from Rainy Day Darren. She says, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and that means a lot of rainy days. I have three kids, and let me tell you, we are running out of things to do in our home. Our puzzles are worn out. Do you have any idea of games or activities, honestly, anything that I can do to keep my kids entertained? We are here. Wow. We are here for you, rainy day. We feel you. Isn't this question the question on everybody's mind? How can I entertain these children? Okay, I feel like you were a really good source for this because being in New York City, you know, if you aren't able to get out and walk around, like if it's snowing and things like that, you are in a smaller apartment. How, how do you deal with this? Well, let me say um, this has become sort of a, a mental, a crisis point for me um, <laughs> because we play a game often called the princess game. And it's a matching mm-hmm. game where you match different things, uh, different like pictures on these cards. But my daughter is now fully beating me at the game. <laughs> so... It's our fun activity. It takes up a lot of time, but it's become sort of um, – I'm taking a lot of losses here, Lynn, and I don't know. I can't lose to my five-year-old. At the princess game. Justin, did you the ever think game. that that would be on your resume, losing on the princess game? Um, I, I yeah, Not even just losing, but like being stressed about it. Like, oh, I got to win. How am I losing? But what about you? What activities do you use to keep your, your kids going? Delivery boxes, cardboard boxes, all of that stuff that I feel so guilty when it shows up on my front steps, like trying to hide from my husband. We build so many different things out of it. They are doing spaceships and they've done um, Hot Wheel slides with all of these boxes. They get excited now when they see them. So that kills a lot of time. And then just recently I discovered the indoor playground. This is a thing. It attaches to your door frame and you can change it out. There are monkey bars and there's a swing. And I'm like, this has saved my life when it's freezing out and you can't go outside. So rainy day, try it. If you like it, tweet me. I want to hear all the results. This one coming from Carrie L. Hi, Carrie. Uh, She says, I was at my friend's house and she put food out. So while we talked, I ate a muffin and afterwards, without even thinking about it, I got down on my hands and knees and started picking up the crumbs off the floor. I was so used to doing it at home. She's like, what are you doing? You don't have to do that. But I just couldn't help myself. I realized later how weird that must have looked. What's the most parental thing you have done with other grown-ups, Justin. Oh, well, I mean, I have, I don't know if it's my, uh, the parent in me or the former waiter in me, but when we're at a restaurant and there's undoubtedly a huge mess on the floor after we leave, I'm down there, hands and knees, picking up tiny crumbs. And the other people are like, sir, what are you doing? This is not necessary. <laughs> like, please, you're embarrassing yourself and us. You know, Everyone. I have this mama instinct with Fred. I'm going to be the one that tells you if you have something in your teeth. I'm going to tell you if your eyelashes oh, yeah. are falling off your face. And I might even like lick my thumb <laughs> to, to put your eyelashes back on. That just sort of like, you need to look your best self. I've got you. I've got you. Oh, thank you so much, Lynn, for putting your licked thumb on my face, is (laughs) what I will say when it happens. Sorry. (laughs) 
That wraps it up for our Stroller Mail episode. Thank you all so much for your Stroller Mail contributions all throughout the entire season. We've loved getting to know you, hear your parenting stories, so we know we are not alone. All right, we've got lots to give away on this episode. We're giving away $50 Munchkin gift cards. The first 10 people to use the code STROLLERMAIL at munchkin.com will get $50 off your purchase. That's STROLLERMAIL, one word, no spaces. Good luck. And that's the show for today. Thanks so much for taking this wild ride with us. And thanks for sending in your letters, your questions, and your comments. If you like today's show, go ahead and share it with your playdate. Share it with your friends. Share it with your fellow parents. We love hearing from all of you and just spreading the word about this show. And thank you to Munchkin. No wonder they're the most loved baby brand in the world. And you can find all of your Munchkin products at Walmart. Hey, Lynn, I just want to remind everyone about our other podcast for kids called Stroller Coaster Storytime. It's great. Definitely check it out. And then don't miss next week's episode back here. We're doing a very special episode to wrap up the season where we discuss how we've changed as parents over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on some of it in the stroller mail, but we had a lot of takeaways from these experts. There was wisdom shared that I know I've been implementing in my own parenting, and it's been game-changing, so I'm excited for this next one. Yeah, it feels selfish. I feel like this is like a personal graduate school on parenting we're doing week in and week out. It's a perk. And now something every parent can use and certainly deserves. A timeout just for you. Munchkin loves our planet and cares so much about animals. So for today's audio moment of calm, we take you to a sunny meadow with a rainbow of flowers in bloom. Enjoy relaxing. And we'll see you next time on Stroller Coaster.